Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. It's uh, our pleasure to have you on. And, you know, we're right in the midst of our show. Another fascinating guest is joining us in just a minute. Before they join us, I want to remind you that you can go to ExitCoachRadio.com at our website and look for the uh, the audio library where we have interviewed hundreds of advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And they're in a variety of topics. We have 40 different uh, topic file folders, uh, everything from um, running your family business, growing the value of your business, uh, retaining key employees, life after exit, uh, financial management, all kinds of different topics. So if you go there, what you do is click on one of those folders and look at some of the uh, interview titles, choose one, listen to it, and uh, share it with other people, will you? Uh, my next guest is Angela Sloan from Sloan Financial Group, and Angela's joining us from Clover, South Carolina. And I'll tell you a little bit about Angela. For 30 years, uh, Angela Sloan, the CEO and founder of Sloan Financial Group, has dedicated herself to helping her clients secure their financial affairs. Unfortunately, at a, at a young age, she was swindled out of her life savings by her so-called trusted advisor, and this misfortune motivated her to make her life's work to keep bad things from happening to good people. And her sound financial uh, advice and tax-saving strategies have helped her clients grow and protect their retirement nest eggs, even throughout these turbulent financial times. And while she specializes in income tax planning and managed money, conservative investments, she's expanded her practice to include estate planning, long-term care insurance, Medicare supplements, life insurance, and property and casualty insurance. So today we're going to talk about how to try to manage the impact of an interest rate hike. It's something that's on everybody's mind. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Angela. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I, I'm sorry you had an unfortunate experience young in life, but it sounds like it helped you define your life's purpose. It absolutely did. And, you know, the old saying when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And I can't say that I was trying to make lemonade. I think I was trying to make a lemon hurricane for this guy. <laughs> and it just worked out in my favor. I, I just I never in a million years thought that me just going out and trying to inform people of what happened to me would ever turn into what it's turned into. So I look at that as my $14,440 Ph.D. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. It was, uh, uh, you know, it's unfortunate when you trust someone and obviously they are doing something to harm you. Um, what were some of the danger signs, if there were any, when you look back? Were there any? Was there anything that you could have said, you know, that didn't feel right, and now I know it wasn't right? Well, the biggest danger, I'll readily admit, the biggest danger was myself because I was ignorant to these matters. I wasn't interested in learning about these matters. All I knew is I was supposed to save money, so I was saving. Let the expert handle how it should be saved. I was just giving the money for it to be saved. I was interested in being a homemaker and having babies, and then I, then I became sick with cancer, and 
had two small babies and needed some money to help with medical bills, and I found out that out of over $14,000, I had around 800 And I thought the guy had stolen from me. I thought he had cheated. I didn't know what he had done, but I knew it was wrong. And I found out when I got the hearing before the state commissioner, I was told what happened to you is unethical, but it's not illegal. Now, I grew up down the longest dirt road in the state of South Carolina. So where I come from, you got your rear end tore up for either one of those. There was no difference between unethical and illegal. Right. So I walked away from that trying to figure out how could that be. <clears throat> I go home, pull out all my papers, a dictionary, because I understood none of the vocabulary in those papers, and I just rewrote everything in plain English. Sat back, looked at it, and said, why on earth would anybody do this? Well, the reason people do it was the reason I did it. I didn't understand it. I was ignorant to it. I was I was a prime target. So that's why in my business... I spend between, or usually between four and six hours educating you before any business is done. How can you know what you need to do if you don't know what's out there and how it works? And I have easy clients because they know what they're doing, why they're doing it, how long they're going to do it for, how much it's going to cost them. They know all the protections are in place. There's no worry, is my tax person talking to my broker? Is my broker talking to my insurance person? Because we're all here. So we're That's all great. Talking. So demystifying the whole process and uh, helping people to understand clearly what they're doing and and how you're going to help them and uh, and communication is just is so important. So let's talk about the the impact of interest rate hikes. It's something we we it's in the news all the time. The Feds may or are going to get together. They may be hiking interest rates. Seems like every time they whisper that interest rates may be hiked, the stock market takes a little tumble. Uh, what's happening now and what is the impact of an interest rate hike, uh, especially to, to your clients and people uh, facing retirement? Well, of course, they're still threatening, but one of the biggest impacts of interest rate hikes is the effect that it has on the bonds and the impact that it has on the consumer. So, you know, people have ran for bonds for the safety, supposedly, and we've been in a low-interest low rate environment for a very long time, in fact, I guess probably close to 30 years. So we know those interest rates will probably rise at some point. question is, is it going to be anytime soon? Every time the government mentions that, they have to back off of it at the last minute. It, I, me personally, my opinion, I don't see how they can. Um, the housing market has picked up steam, and then all of a sudden you're going to raise interest rates and raise up the interest your mortgage rates, which – you know, is going to put a lasso on that, then we can't, the government won't be able to pay the interest on their own debt if you raise the bond rates, mm-hmm. I mean the interest rates. So to give you the, the, the example, on the longer-term bonds will have the biggest impact. So if you have, a say, a 20-year bond, if the interest rates rise by 1%, that bond drops 12.5% in value. Hmm. That's huge. That's huge. And most people don't realize the impact. The the thing that erodes bonds even worse is inflation. So you have you have differing of opinion. Well, they're going to have to raise interest <clears throat> rates because of deflation. But then again, you come back to all of the debt and paying the interest on the government's own debt, and then you look at what because mortgage rates will go up. What is that going to? How is that going to impact 
the the housing industry and in and, and the real estate markets. So when I think about them raising bonds, what goes through my head is how can they? We'll see. Right, right. So the best thing you can do is, you know, keep yourself safe as far as do shorter term instead of longer term because the shorter term bonds are impacted a lot less. For example, a five-year bond, it loses four point, about 4.5% if the interest rate drives by 1%. So a lot less impact than 12.5% on a 20-year bond. Um, and then your bond funds, it's a, that's a, a, to me, that's the worst-case scenario because if you have an individual bond and you hold that bond to maturity or it's called, you know you're going to get your money back. With a bond fund, you've got the, the price per share of that fund. So it's not like you have a choice as to whether you can hold those bonds until maturity or until they're called. The fund managers makes that call. So the individual bonds, I think you can protect yourself a little better than if you're doing a bond fund. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an again, option. You have an option to hold. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. It's your, it's long, you're going to continue to get the interest rate you bargained for. Now, that if you paid, have a $10,000 bond and it drops in value, you're still going to get the interest rate. So you're still going to get your interest earnings, and as long as you hold that bond until maturity or until it's called, you'll get what you paid for it. So, so you don't have that chance of loss. It's if you if you have to sell it or liquidate it, that you're going to get less for it than what you paid for it. Good point. And so in these in these bond funds where they have a, a range of holdings, it can really uh, well. It depends on the. The average range of all the holdings is that what we're looking at? Is you know what's what's the percentage of short-term bonds in the portfolio versus long-term bonds? But but what you're saying is your your uh, reduction in principal is immediate because of the fund share price immediately would would adjust. That's right. So so if you have a bond fund, you can use the portfolio's average maturity and the average coupon rate for a rough idea of the price volatility in the port in the overall por- portfolio. But in the, in the mutual funds, you can usually find that somewhere within their, within some of their quarterly reports or the funds annual, semi-annual reports, whatever. So, but there again, it, like you said, it's immediate because you've got that funds, that funds price per share. Not you don't have the choice to hold that bond to maturity. So the bonds that are within that fund, that's up to the fund manager. If they're if they have a blend of. Um short-term to long-term built in, then they would also have a, a blended yield as well, though, right? So if they're holding it for income, the, the only difference is you, you would never, you're never going to get be made whole on that particular fund unless the share price comes back up because interest rates head back south. Is that right? That's right. That's okay. right. So you're, you're, you may still be getting decent income off of that. But, again, people are chasing for income these days. They're looking around, and they're trying to figure out what's the best situation. And if interest rates are going to rise, why not wait until the interest rates rise? Say you're in cash right now. Would you be better off waiting till interest rates rise before you make your bond if, purchases? If I were in cash right now, I would wait and see what's going to happen in September. I'd wait and see yeah. what the feds are going to do. Is it going to be another case where they <laughs> get to that date and go, oops, nope, we can't do it? I don't know. You know, if you bought bonds right now, knowing what could take place in another month or two, might not be a good idea. 
Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people have been saying, yeah, I've been hearing that for the last three or four years. It seems like they always are saying interest rates might go up, and then they're saying they're not going up. What's behind that? Why aren't they? Tell the tell the average listener, why aren't they raising interest rates? For the reasons I named before. How can they? How are they going to pay the interest on their own debt? Do they really want mortgage rates to rise? Do they really want the interest rates on autom- automobile loans to rise? See, all of those, all of those will be affected. So, and what, what, what will be affected in the end? You know, the, the economic growth. Because if, if consumers aren't buying, if they're not, you know, if they're not buying the appliances and the cars and the, and the houses, what's that going to do to our economic growth? So, and then, then of course, the Fed's having to pay the interest on their own debt. How are they going to do it? So. So, so in, in, in some ways, mind, I can't make mm-hmm. it make sense. So, <laughs> well, uh, it make it makes it makes me think that maybe there's um, there's something that they know that they're not telling because you know we're on one side they're talking about economic growth, and um, as part of that economic growth might be uh, I've certainly seen it in some of my business owner clients they're doing better not double digit better but single digit better in most in most cases and then the market just takes off but part of that's because there is no alternative for a lot of investors they feel like well if I don't invest in stocks I'm putting my money into zero interest especially in 401k's and things like that they look at their statements right and they look and say mm-hmm. well bonds and money markets are yielding zero it's a no brainer I'll put it all in stocks forgetting that that's where all the risk is That's true and and then too you know, a lot of where the market is, to, because your your average portfolio has not grown to the extent of the market. And, you know, the market, if, if the market has not been allowed to take its natural course because of all the money that the government pumped into it. Now Europe's doing the quantitative easing. And then the the government pulled back on the quantitative easing. And you wonder, how long can this market keep this momentum without being pumped up with government money. Well, we don't know because this has never happened before. Right, right. And I think you're starting to see some of the hiccups. You know, when the market can swing 200 points based on one person saying one word, that makes you wonder, are the fundamentals there for this market to be where it is? Absolutely right. I 100% agree with you. And that's the scary part when you're trying to make sense of all of it for people is, you know, people will say, you know, I'm tired of sitting around and not being part of this great market. Well, if you look at if if you look at your iPhone and you use that app that shows the the markets, you know, that's included and look at the graphs, you can see it hasn't really been that great. There's been some uh, upticks and and um certainly um it, it may feel like the market's been taken off, but it's been a, a a rough ride to nowhere for a lot of people. Well, if you look at if you if you look at some of the reports and they say, "Oh, you know, the market's grown 200% since 2009. Has your portfolio grown 200%? No. Mm-hmm. Your average portfolio is, you know, maybe low double digits or maybe still even a single digit. So, you know, no, your your portfolios have not risen by 200%. Well, unless you're unless you're very young, you shouldn't be 100% into the market. I guess that's my point is I'm seeing a lot of people that have uh, decided the only way they're going to make money is by getting fully into the stock market, and it's a dangerous proposition. That's all I'm saying. Is right, that because they're, I think they're sitting there. If they're sitting there in cash, they're seeing all the the um, the inflation. 
and they're watching TV. See, there's this disconnect. We watch TV, and, oh, the government says that inflation's only 2%. Let me turn the TV off and go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> See if that holds wow, water there. Wow, 2%. This looks more like 50 <laughs> Right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked when I go to the grocery store from week to week. You know, not only has things doubled in price, but they've gotten smaller. Your five-pound bag of sugar is now four pounds. <laughs> your, yeah, you know, Your two right. quarts of ice cream is now a quart and a half. <laughs> Prices haven't changed. Quantities have changed. So it's a good That's point. Right. Now, Angela, tell us about a, a, few, a few tips for our listeners out there. If you were to say to someone, hey, Here's a couple tips for what you should be thinking about and looking at regarding interest rate hikes. What would you tell someone? Well, first of all, if you have individual bonds, you'll be okay as long as you can hold those bonds to maturity or until they're called. Now, if interest rates rise, not much of a chance those bonds will be called because anybody, you know, think of it as refinancing a mortgage. You're not going to refinance debt at a higher rate. So there, you know, not not as much a chance of them being called if interest rates rise. So you're pretty much probably going to have to hold them to maturity. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're in a position to where you can. Um, if you're in a bond fund, you might want to take a good look at that fund's portfolio, and then see maybe within that same fund family, do they have a short-term bond fund, some short-duration bond fund, mm-hmm. and maybe just do a lateral move over to the short-term bond fund. So, you know, that's just a couple of things. If if you're in bonds, I'm assuming it's because you're conservative and you don't want the market swings. Um, I actually believe in different asset classes. So, you know, there's other things that we do here that I'm not prepared to go through on this show yes. in public, but, mm-hmm, of but because I have to do a lot of stuff for that. But, right. but I make sure that my clients know about all the different assets that are available out there so bonds is not your only choice and if you go to a good independent advisor we can tell you what all those other choices are you know we can walk you through and let you make a decision you don't know if something's right for you if you don't know it's there and that was the case in my case i didn't know what all was available to me didn't ask didn't know to ask didn't know what to ask and like you said at the beginning of the interview that's that's one of the things that you really take great pride in is that you help people become educated and understanding of what is out there and what their alternatives are and how they're going to work in their benefit. So if someone says, you know, I like what you have to say, Angela, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can certainly call our office. It's 803-222-2892. You can also go to our website, which is www.sloanfinancial.com like my last name, S-L-O-A-N, financial.net. And you can also contact us through there. There's a couple of recorded radio shows on that site. There's a lot of good material on the site, and um, you can make contact with any of my staff through through the website. Um, now, our broker-dealer is Madison Avenue Securities, and uh, I am a registered advisor representative with Madison Avenue Securities as well as a broker. So, uh, please don't hesitate to call and, and ask any questions. You know, we'll help you any way that we can. Angela Sloan, great tips, great ideas, and it's been a real delight talking with you today. I, I want to uh, thank you for uh, all that you're doing for your clients and, and uh, the ideas that you brought to light for our listeners. So please join us again sometime, and we'll go deeper into some of these topics. But uh, for now, uh, I want to 
just thank you very much and uh, hope our listeners will get in touch with you. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Angela. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 